Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Gloriously Good, the podcast which gives you inspiration for how to nurture happiness in your daily life. The theme of today is running and I'm joined by two special guests, Emily and Hannah from Twice the Health. Hi! Hello! <laughs> who have been ambassadors for Lululemon uh, for some time now. For those of you who don't know, Lululemon is a premium athletic leisure wear company and Emily and Hannah have been leading run clubs around London for Lululemon, including one today. We've just done a 12k this morning. In the sunshine. Which was great. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. So Emily and Hannah, thank you so much for agreeing to record this podcast episode today on a, such a glorious day. Would you like to start by telling us more about yourselves and what inspired you to get into running? Do you want to go first? Sure. But like, I mean, it's kind of the same for both of us. We've yeah. kind of always run. Um, we ran a lot when we were younger at school. Emily continued it through college. I took up drinking. <laughs> I have actually given that up quite recently. So, you know, onwards and upwards and taken running back up. Not completely, but mostly. 70-30. So, yes, we ran a lot when we were younger. Uh, did a lot of athletics, did a lot on the track. Ran a bit through uni. Sort of first year, did a little bit. Started to pick it up a little bit more towards second and third year, but also did sort of more strength training. It's probably actually not until sort of the last two or three years that we've really kind of fallen back in love with, with running again. Been on the running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, we did London Marathon in 2015, which That's is great. why we started Twice the Hell. But got a place sort of 10 weeks before, which I agreed to without much thought. Or asking me. Or asking me. <laughs> Tried to sort of run a crash course in marathon training, which of course failed, because crash courses always fail. And Sad. so actually London Marathon, although it resulted in being an incredible day, the process to getting there, training the kind of weeks leading up to it, the kind of support that we gave each other was, was a bit rubbish because I was injured and so Em's had to run by herself. So all in all it didn't sort of, although we had an incredible day, it didn't inspire us to do a lot more at that point. That obviously all soon changed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. No worries. So how many times a week do you run? What's a healthy amount for someone to run in a week? There's no magic number to like healthy running. I think it really depends. A friend of ours, he'll, he'll run every day, twice a day sometimes. Like no session will be the same, so it'll be a high intensity and then like a long one. But twice a day for him is, is very normal. Whereas for us, I'd say three times a week is like max, really yeah. is what we run. We always say we don't run a great deal for runners. Very, very lucky in that we have an incredible coach, Brad. And we do strength training with, sort of strength resistance sort of training with three times a week. But all of that training is very tailored to making us better, more efficient running. So whilst we're not actually out there running, all of that training is contributing towards our run and helps us, fingers crossed, touch with um, stay sort of injury free and moving well and, and increasing the speed and distance on top of all of that. Yeah. I think it's important to look at your overall mileage as well per week. So if you like to go for a run every day because it sets you up mentally, then just maybe cut down on those distances and it yeah. can, even if it's down to like two miles a day, but it means you can go and run every day. If you're trying to whack out five miles every day, yeah. likelihood that might lead to injury or fatigue or something. So it's, everybody is so different. But yeah, if you want the frequency, then maybe bring down the mileage. If you like the long runs, then take down the frequency. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess it depends what you're training for as well. You sure. know? If you're a marathon runner, then, then your volume might be slightly higher than if you were... Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I know you run together most of the time. Did you have to train yourselves to achieve the same pace or did the pace that you run at come I to you possibly naturally? She's going to argue with me with this one. But 100% when we sort of first started getting back into running, me sort of post-school and Em's post-uni, because you did keep it up for the first yeah. year and then we sort of picked it back up in third year, I just chased Emily. And, and there is proof in this in that I used to have a really, really short stride and now I don't, and the reason I don't is you kind of fall into someone's pace and stride quite easily, I think, when you train so much with them. Like we were running probably more than we do now at one point, yeah. 
and so my stride just got longer. So okay. I just chased I have it. a stupidly, I have long legs and a really sh- short body. So <laughs> I have a really long stride for my height. And Hannah used to be like, <laughs> next to me. But now, yeah, now we have the same stride. Yeah. But I think because we both started as track athletes, so we were 800 and 1500 meters. So you were trying to pick up that cadence, like yeah. always, yeah. you're always yeah. pushing because it wasn't, at the time, it seemed like it was really far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, it's not that far. It was three and a quarter yeah. laps. So we had that cadence, we had that speed. Actually, changing it over to road yeah. was actually, I would burn out after three miles because my body was like, what are you doing? Because yeah. all I wanted to do is like, start a run and I ran as hard as I could because yeah. that's what I'd always done. So it actually took me a while to sort of work out different paces. <laughs> and even now, yeah. we're still working it out, sort of anything over a shorter distance. Ems is much more powerful and a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. So she tends to be quicker sort of over anything up to, I'd say, 15k-ish. Yeah, I guess that's where it between like that 10 mile to half, the half marathon yeah, is kind of where yeah, we yeah. then change over and then I have yeah. to start chasing Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> that is basically just because I'm a little, I carry a little bit less weight. There's no, there's no, there's no speed here. <laughs> I just, like, I if, you, if you were carrying 12 shopping bags, <laughs> then you'd be more tired than if you... Maybe, yeah, like popcorn then, yeah. But also we have, you know, we have good races, we have bad races and there's been numerous occasions where the other ones dragged the other one through mm. and, and that's why kind of we do run together and we, we all recognise, you know, very good at sort of recognising when one is stronger and, and they maybe do need to go on, but there's also been many cases where actually it's not that they're strong, it's just that you need that kind of motivation. London Landmarks was a great example and that Ems felt really, really good that day and I didn't, mm-hmm. but having her there in front of me, I didn't let her go because yeah. I knew that I could run that pace. It was just one of those days. And we take the week before that and it was the other way around. Yeah, so, but yeah. you were actually poorly. I was just being a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we just we recognise that and we know each other's strengths. We know when one's, the other one's kind of suffering. Em's knows if I'm suffering just not to say anything and I know if she's suffering just to keep talking. And, right. and so we kind of, we work on that kind of basis. And, and we're very lucky that we know each other very well and we've run together for a long time, blah, blah, blah. But it's one of the reasons that we do kind of encourage people to, to get a running such a tool, <laughs> like a yeah. great tool when motivation, it comes to... Motivation, accountability, yeah. like yeah. it makes such And a it's good that you run to together so you complement each other and you motivate along yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. when you yeah. set that alarm to go for like a morning run, especially in the winter yeah. and it's dark, and you want to turn it off, and then I can hear Hannah start walking around her room, and I'm like, oh, damn it, <laughs> gotta, get up. <laughs> gotta get up. Or is it, it was just me going for that run, I probably wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. So from what you're saying, I understand you've kind of trained yourself to become faster runners and increase the speed. Yeah, but I wouldn't say, I mean, speed was obviously a big focus when we, when we ran when we were younger, because we do athletics and that's the focus there the unless you're doing high jumping which obviously is too high um, mm-hmm. but it was the clock and the clock was so important and you were constantly kind of trying to shave seconds off off that clock yeah. um, so when we sort of fell back into running we, we did a very cool run which we'll share a bit later because I know that it's yeah. a question yeah. um, and we did that we focused on that for about two years time just wasn't important we were running in incredibly cool places we were running incredibly cool races we were still relatively new to London we were exploring new places all the time so Time just wasn't we ran because we enjoyed it, uh, because it made us feel good. And and that was really, really important for those two years. And, and again, we kind of have accidentally fallen back into time. And even still, there's, there's some times when it just doesn't matter. And, and the only reason we're, we are sort of working on it now is because we are getting stronger and stronger. Brad is really, you know, we owe a lot to him. He's incredible. And, and we do see that we are picking up pace but it wasn't necessarily at the beginning it wasn't a focus it just happened mm-hmm. and it kind of naturally as as we got stronger as we trained harder as we put more focus into our running you'd hope and, yeah. and we did that we got stronger and even sort of with our half marathon we kind of suddenly knocked off 15 minutes and it wasn't very progressive 
it just so happened that we fell into, into being a lot more comfortable over that, I say suddenly, over sort of six months. But it wasn't even a focus. It wasn't like we were going out there to constantly shave minutes off. It was just a result of us working hard. Mm. And I think that's something that we would always say to people is that the more you kind of get caught up and, and worry about speed and pace all the time, you're checking your watch every kilometre, actually it's stressful. And, yeah. it's, and it's not what running's about unless, you know, unless you're also running at an elite level. For us, it's not what it's about. It's great that we're getting great times now and it's great that we're getting faster and we're getting stronger and we're getting quicker. But it's not something that we stress about. Yeah. I think, just, as you said, like we kind of fell back into the clock, but I think it's only when we now do an actual race that I... So it's like, I won't always go out and hunt one down. If I know like if it's not part of my training, there's no point to peak now, then I'll just go out and, and run it as a training run. And the same goes for when I'm training. I don't clock watch, whereas before when I used to do athletics, like every run I did, if it wasn't faster than the one before, even though it was a training run, I, I would just beat myself up about it massively. Mm. Whereas now I'm like, it is literally a training run. As long as you get the mileage done or like the, the time you wanted to run for, then that's yeah. all that really matters. We always say sort of, it is, and we don't post very much about our times. But when we do, it's usually because it's something that we're proud of and it's and it's something that we've achieved, it's a PB or whatever. And so the runs that we are most proud of, I'd say, are ones that we haven't really focused on time. Even London Marathon mm. this year, the goal wasn't time. Incredibly proud of the times we got. That wasn't our focus. Our, our big runs, that again, we'll talk about a little bit later, are some of the most proud sort of races. I know they weren't races, but that I've completed them again. It wasn't about time then. It was about doing what we love, which, mm. which is running. And the fact that, you know, we shaved a few minutes off is great, but... It was never about that. Yeah. I guess it's like, you know what they say, it's the journey that matters, not the yeah, destination. Yeah, so, yeah, and it's yeah. taken us a while to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk about some of the most memorable adventures or experiences you've had so far. So in said, the one that started it all off was the Grand Canyon. So my dad lives out in Phoenix in Arizona, so I'd, I'd hiked it before and I... Even from one of the early days of hiking it, I was like, one day I'd love to run this because Dad was telling me about this race that happened there. So when Hannah first came out, I was like, let's go hike it. It's beautiful. You need to come see it. Actually, during that time, it was a full moon. So I was like, mm. we're going to hike it through the night. It's beautiful. It looks like it's made of silver. <laughs> Turns out the moon was actually really low because it was summer. So yeah. basically, we were in, in pitch black. Pitch black hole. So yeah. Hannah had no idea we went over a bridge at the bottom because yeah. when we came back. But anyway, really hard hike. Hannah had a huge sense of humour failure. We got out and I was like, so about running it? She was like, yeah, great idea. <laughs> so even though we hated the hike, we were like, yeah, we definitely want to run this. Endorphins are a wonderful thing. Um, so two years <laughs> later, we come back, we have a friend who drops us on the north rim and we go rim to rim. Whereas normally when you hike it, you just stay on the south side. So we went north rim, all the way down to the river, all the way back out. Ended up being 50k. Wow. We thought it would be about That's just awesome. under 40 so that went a bit wrong. So but it was, marathon. Yeah, yeah. It, wow. was, it was hard. And But coming down was beautiful. It was so easy. And you're like, so can't wait to start running uphill because this downhill is getting really boring. And then you get about 10 minutes into uphill. You're like, oh. oh and, uh, and then you I do actually get down, down again because it yeah. takes you all the way up. And then you all the way <laughs> but yeah, that massively lit that sort of adventure spark for us. And that yeah. running could be more of like a destination and a, and a, a travel like, to get from A to B kind of thing instead of it running around in circles on a red track. And I think that's when we started to forget about the clock and we wanted to stop and take pictures. And next one we did was on the Great Wall of China, which went slightly wrong. But yeah, part of it was on the Great Wall of China. A lot of it ended up being through the villages. Again, that it was just, it was breathtaking. It was beautiful. Um, it was a real kind of... We bought some water off some locals, which was very difficult to translate, but we yeah. got there. It was um, also a real kind of mindset um, milestone for us because, as Em said, it didn't quite go to plan. We planned to do the whole 50k on the wall and unfortunately hit a few vertical rock faces, which you can't climb without ropes. Also, um, I, I chose a prohibited part of the wall, which yeah. I realised. Wow. So, so we actually had to come off the wall and basically just run out 17.5k and, and run back, which is... 
not the best thing you want to hear after you've been running for four hours already or climbing for four hours already yeah. and only covered 15k. But we did it and that was kind of really cool for us in that I'd like to think that, you know, it takes a little bit of, of grit strength and a little bit of kind of suck it up to, to like convince yourself. And we did. The 50k sort of event just continued. We did Great Ocean Road. We've got some fun things lined up and then at the beginning sort of inspired by those and we'd like to continue doing those. We got kind of a little bit sidetracked at the beginning of this year, decided to run five and a half marathons in five days. We ran from the NEC, no, no. we ran from London, the Olympic Park, to the NEC in Birmingham uh, oh. with an incredible group of people who will be sort of lifelong friends and forever inspire us. You think us. we're weird, you haven't met that lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're an incredible group of people. But that apparently, again, ignited a little bit more of a flame, which has led to some fun stuff planned for next yeah, year. Yeah, some secret plans. Yeah, one um, secret. We've got Paris Marathon next year, yeah. uh, which I'm really looking forward to. And we've also got Race to the Stones, which will be our first 100k. Yeah, That's amazing. So these uh, memorable running events, did you design the route yourselves? Or? Yeah, so for the we'll can yeah. <laughs> Hannah doesn't do mapping at all, <laughs> as you probably realised in Run Club. <laughs> So yeah, the Grand Canyon it is just one route. My main thing was trying to plan it was actually to try and measure it as to how far it is because if you, this was a while ago, so it was before yeah. like you had lots of like run, run mapping things. Yeah. yeah, so I was trying to look at find people who originally done it or like well hiking routes. Yeah, it was just really hard to actually work out how far it was. So I was I looked at a couple of people's blogs and vlogs and things like that and guessed roughly how far it was going to be because when you try and map it it thinks you're going like straight across it doesn't yeah. realise you're going yeah, so, all yeah. it's up five and, and a half thousand feet down and four and a half thousand feet back up because the north rim's slightly yeah. higher so yeah it was mainly that it was easy you know where the path was but we didn't know how far it was going to be as such <laughs> Great Wall of China was an absolute nightmare because we didn't want to do the official marathon because you have to do a two week holiday as part of it and you can't just do the race oh. we kind of have I say we this took a little bit of convincing, but I'd set my heart on the fact that all of our challenges, sort of our big ones around the world, would be 50k. So, and as you probably know, a marathon is only 42, I say only yeah. 42, is, is 42k. <laughs> and trying to squeeze that 8k in before or after... Just isn't feasible. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. it's, it's tough. So, so, we thought we'd choose our own bit of the wall. Because again, you can't research the marathon. You can see the map, but it doesn't give you any locations because it's because it's China and they're yeah. just very restrictive on everything. So I just decided to try and choose a part of the wall. We found one guy had like run it and we were speaking to him on but Twitter. eight years before. Yeah. So I found this bit of wall I was zooming on on Google Earth. I was like, that looks runnable. Yeah, that, I can see it on Google Earth. It wasn't, wasn't runnable. Uh, it's the bit that is still three and a half thousand years old and hasn't been rebuilt like the other bits. And it was, yes, prohibited. Um, so that went slightly wrong, hence why we ended up running through the villages. And then the Great Ocean Road is an official trail along the front, but we had to find... It's a much longer trail, it's about 90 kilometres, so I had to find the 50k bit that we wanted and that you could also get access to via a car because you need to be picked up and also trying to find out the tidal times because sometimes the path comes onto the beach and then also where our friends could drive with the car because there's no fresh water. So yeah, it was more that was like logistics. So yeah. China was the only one where I had to do an actual route, yeah. which yeah. went wrong. <laughs> and the other two had just been, yeah, like working out the trails. Yeah, um, but now you have the memories, right? And yeah. We, yeah. Oh, they, they we met a koala us. on the... Um, we did. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I nearly kicked him. He was sitting on a rock on the beach. I didn't oh, know they came out to the beach. And it was about five o'clock in the morning. The sun was just coming up. And I was about to step on him. And I was like, whoa, koala! Yeah. And then we all stopped for a photo. <laughs> we actually ran it with a, with a friend as well, yeah. who'd never run that far in his life. In fact, his training was... He got on the treadmill, ran a kilometre, and went, Yeah, I can do that 50 times. 
Yeah. yeah. And that was it. And, and he did. He did. Wow. I would not recommend yeah, that to anyone. Not a good training method. No, no, no. Not a good training method. He was a very fit person. I like how you're so passionate about running. Um, so is your intention to inspire more people to, um, to start running? Is that what the motivation behind the run clubs was? Yeah, I think yeah. just to move. I think a lot of people, you always talk about this, is that running is seen as, as weight loss, as almost like self-punishment. Everyone assumes they can do it or should be able to do it because yeah. you put on a pair of shoes and you run. So a lot of people just do it and hate it. And they're like, oh, I run, but I hate it. And like, why? Yeah. There's so many other ways you can move your body. So we wanted to to start a run club that was was fun and and was inspired by why we love running so much and if you still hate it at the end of that then don't do it yeah. go somewhere else yeah. but at least try and go into running with a positive mindset and don't go in like oh a yeah. run <laughs> I think hit the nail on the head is like you said like it's a, a lot of people got into it to lose weight or got into it to got, get fit it's very as you say it's very easy you put on a pair of shoes and you run so the negative association with it was there from the beginning and and a lot yeah. of people that we found who've, who've come to our run club or started coming to our run club their, their first line is, I used to run quite a lot. And that's because they used to run to get fit. And then they saw all these boutique studios and, and you know, all these different types of training and shiny strength lights. and CrossFit and shine lights. Yeah. So running very much took a back seat because it was kind of just like what you did if you didn't, if you went a lonely activity. Like, yeah. yeah. And actually, there's so much more to it than that. There obviously is, it helps that, you know, we've got incredible races and incredible opportunities and incredible places you can go and run and explore. But what we, we see it as is, is one, you can do it anywhere. Wherever you are in the world, you can go and run. It's an incredible way to explore on your feet. It's how we got to know London. It is very, for us, it's a bit of a release as well. People often ask us what we do when we're sort of stressed. And we run, not because we're trying to run away from things, but we relax and it makes us feel good. And we take it, you know, we don't run for time, we don't run for pace, we don't run for distance, we just run. But with the run clubs, again, like I said, it's just to move. If we can get people moving and kind of maybe even enjoying it a little bit, (laughs) then, then that's great. And we've had... Run the run club now for about nine months, if that. Yeah. And we've still got some of the people who came when, you know, when we first launched it, which is incredible to see. And it's incredible to see people progress. And it's also a social thing as much as yeah. anything, you know? <clears throat> people come and they meet people and then they go and run with them. All of all of these things are what make it so kind of important and something that we're really, really proud of. And the cycling club is, is something that we've just launched relatively new. And again, it's something that complements our training hugely and might be something that people enjoy more than they enjoy running but the two kind of go hand in hand and we can't always say it's a cyclist club for runners because a lot of them are runners who perhaps were a little bit less confident but yeah just getting people moving getting people enjoying it and reminding people that there is more to it than than just the original kind of weight loss thing punishment yeah (laughs) yeah we've seen it a lot with kind of people who do what we do in terms of kind of like influencers or bloggers um and and everyone thinks they should be able to run especially if you're fit you assume yeah. you should be able to run. If you, you know, are going to all these classes, lifting heavy weights, then why can't you put on a pair of trainers and run? And then are actually a little bit shocked when they maybe can't run as well as they thought they could. And that's because just like any other type of training, it takes work and it takes time and it takes effort and it takes, you know, commitment. Yeah. All of these things. And that for us is almost quite humbling to see because I think people can be tricked into thinking they could just put on a pair of trainers and, and off they go. Yeah. <laughs> And now let's talk about another favourite subject, which is food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what um, are the kind of uh, snacks or foods that you have found work best during a long run? For example, I know you've experimented with um, lots of things from yeah. energy gels to flapjacks. So <laughs> what works <laughs> we, best for you? We are big foodies. It's still something we massively struggle with. I really struggle to eat while running. And Hannah really struggles to eat after a run. Right. And so that's 
probably common things that people have as well. Now for us, because we have been doing long distance for quite a while, we can, in a half marathon and then think under, we don't we don't eat and I'll take on board water, but I won't take on board any food. But once it starts going out over that half marathon, over that sort of two hour mark is when we start thinking about food. The sort of the easiest first things to take on, we do like Lucas A jelly beans. I've just started using those salt cubes from yeah. Cliff, but they're the only kind of fake foods that we yeah. eat as such. Gels just, yeah, haven't worked. Especially when you're breathing hard, you've got a dry tongue. It's just like super glue. Yeah. The texture's just, yeah. I just don't know what goes <laughs> to their mind when they create those flavours. Yeah. It's so gross. So yeah, we tend to, to go to real food. So really long runs. We like Warburton Thins, which is like a little sandwich with peanut butter, honey, and just cut it into quarters. So you just oh. eat, eat a little bit on the move. That's cute. Um, homemade flapjacks or like Chia Charge. Yeah. Things like that. We had Chia Charge for London Marathon. Didn't work. What's it Chia Charge? Various, it's a flapjack brand, and they're just oats and honey. I think they actually do have sugar in, but yeah. it's great when you're running, yeah. you need it. Okay. And chia seeds. And they do miniature ones, which is so good for oh. when you're running. They do like a bigger size yeah, one for cycling. But all our training was done when it was cold, and they have coconut oil in them, so it was a lovely, Lenty. firm flapjack. Ah. You're like, this is really easy to yeah. eat. London Marathon, I had it in my thigh pocket on my legging. <laughs> It was oh, basically it. porridge. <laughs> yeah. It was very hard to eat. So you do then also something you hadn't thought about is that depending on the temperature, it's going to really affect what you're snacking on as well. Because yeah. one of our friends, she likes to eat cheese while she's running. But again, if it's really hot, that's going to sweat and be grim. Yeah. If it's a yeah. cold day, absolutely fine. So it is trial and error. Like, try what you want. Our friend Luke, he eats sachets of coconut oil. Yeah. Hardcore. Um, the kind of energy gels for sachets of peanut butter. Yeah. Oh, we find nice. that works really well for us. But again, like, and we get it a lot, is that people say mm-hmm. to us we've got quite a high fat diet around, around like, day to day we have a relatively high carb diet. But around running, we perhaps have more fat than a lot of people would be used to taking on. But that is just what works for us. And, and don't think that, you know, we're, like, super chilled and you know we just like eat what makes us feel good for our runs we have the same meal for breakfast and dinner before runs every single time for a race yeah. that's not because we're well, we are slightly routine monkeys or crazy control <laughs> freaks but it's just because we know it works yeah and and there's so much more to it than the fact obviously we know it works it sits well in our stomach blah blah very very important it's good fuel but also mindset wise yeah it makes so it's like a little routine. Yeah. yeah. So our night before, we have pesto pasta with spinach and peas. It's just divine. Mm. And then in the morning, we always have overnight oats, peanut butter and honey and stuff like that. Uh, we need a bit of granola. banana, a bit of granola. And then, yeah, our race fuel then depends on the distance and temperature. Another yeah. <laughs> thing that's important to remember is, for example, if you're going away to race, um, we're not saying you have to go to Grand Canyon, but even if you're just going, I don't know, a few hours driveway and you're staying in a hotel... You want to keep it relatively simple so that it's something yep. you can have there. We actually do often take a sachet of porridge with us or something just in case. But we're trying to experiment more with like eggs on toast and things like that because you can always get them at, at hotels. Yeah. yeah. And so far we've been fine. Again, I think it's just you have to go with like your gut a Please little bit. Literally. With and stuff like we tend to then take a yeah. bag of pasta and a pot of pesto and some the little sachets that you can actually just pour boiling water over the porridge oh, okay, instead yeah. of having to cook it because yeah. you might just have a kettle like you don't yeah. know what you're gonna have so yeah we actually fly with food so obviously today you can fly with food that's nice. <laughs> smuggling it's gonna be prepared yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah yeah you might end up bringing it back and again it's just that mindset thing you know if you're if you then are like back in your routine no matter where you are it makes you feel good and, yeah and going into a race with a clear head is the best yeah. piece of advice we can ever give <laughs> if you're going yeah. in stressed it, mm. it's not good <laughs> and what about after a, like a, a long race do you like to indulge in all you like to reward yourself for the hard work i or? think if it's if it's been just a long run that's slow like when we ran to Birmingham, it wasn't about 
time like at all. It was really enjoy the journey. Like you've got five days of hard running. We did start too fast on day one, having said that. But that in the evening, because you weren't like pushing your body like to the limits, it wasn't starting to shut down. Yeah. It was in a marathon. <laughs> so we could just we did just get on any calories we could in yeah. the evening. Whereas after something like London Marathon where we were really pushing ourselves it is really hard to eat afterwards because you have no blood in your digestive system. It's all in your muscles yeah. trying to recover your body. So it tends to be if you put food in, it's going to want to immediately leave from either end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you have to just be really careful. Yeah. You Obviously, it's very important to get the calories back on board, but slowly. Um, I tend to have a usually, shake. Yeah, because yeah, I really, really struggle to eat after I run, which is very unlike me. And actually, like even sort of for the rest of the day, like I don't have a huge... The next Appetite. day, a the next story. day, don't even like take. Like, I need to like have a plan, otherwise the whole entire house will be demolished. But I do really, really struggle, and and for a while I struggled to find because we don't really have shakes that often. Like we'll make them kind of as as kind of snacks more so, but it's not something we do religiously. So I hadn't really thought about it, and actually, as we well, sort of during retraining for London Marathon, we uh, had Neat, who were incredible, and came and did shakes for us at a few of the runs. And so I'd have one of those, and actually I found it worked really, really well because I could just sip it over a long period of time, and it meant I was getting kind of a decent amount of calories in, but not playing or uh, aggravating my digestive system too much. And then meant I actually found I got a bit hungrier later in the mm. day as well because it kind of woke things up, as opposed to just not having anything and my digestive system kind of going into shutdown. I'm a sandwich person afterwards. <laughs> okay. Or a banana. Nice and simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> I did inhale two cheese and jam sandwiches after the Grand Canyon. It was probably the biggest mistake of my life. Because after that, <laughs> I was weird. I couldn't eat then. Yeah. I, I ate that giant orange. Oh, such good orange. Yeah. Like yeah. the best Refreshing. Orange. I think because we just had red dirt in our face for yeah. like eight hours. And I just had this cold orange. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, and then we had to sit in the car and I was remember like I don't know whether it's because I didn't really have white bread that often or like sugar (laughs) at that time I don't know but I just literally bloated so much and I was like nah I'm very full now I remember because then we went to like a Wendy's or something because I can't be able to eat after I got there and it has the calories and all their food because it's in the States I ate this 900 calorie burger in, a, in about four minutes yeah it was yeah. like <laughs> and I was like I actually can't eat anything I'm so full <laughs> you mentioned before about the association between running and weight loss but nutrition is very important obviously for any weight loss goals I actually read in an article that nutrition counts for like 80% of this and exercise and running is more like 20% what's your view on that I think what's it's more? really hard to give the percentage because it's more you just have to give 100% across the board. And not saying 100% is not meaning you have to eat well or exercise well all the time. But you need to be 100% aware of what you're doing, the choices that you make. So when you want to treat yourself and have those Jaffa cakes that you can see over there, yeah. then you're aware that you're having the Jaffa cakes and you're treating yourself. And that's wonderful eating. and enjoy it. Don't mindlessly eat five boxes of Jaffa cakes and then be in denial and be like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. I just won't have dinner that's awful like bad idea bad idea so you need to 100% be aware of what you're doing and and just make a plan as well doesn't mean you have to have a massive spreadsheet of like I will burn this many calories here and eat this many calories here (laughs) but just plan out your week roughly as to how much exercise you're doing because because overtraining and under eating is also a recipe disaster your body goes into shock you start to store fat like no one wants to be there either um as if running like it, it is one of the best calorie burners Ever. Yeah. is it the best so I would say it is yeah. like the best like you're using your whole body it's complete manpower 
like whether you're going uphill or downhill, you're having to put in the effort. Yeah. Um, there is no break at any point. It gets your heart rate up. Like calorie wise, yes, amazing. Problem is it also makes you very hungry. Yeah. So a lot of people will go out Hunger. and do their 5K, but then eat 10K worth yeah. of food, which is where the problem comes <laughs> in. So I would say like the main thing is actually just getting yourself more active in general. So making sure you're getting in some more steps every day and just boosting your metabolism and just just getting moving is actually better than nailing a 3k every morning that yeah. then ends up in binge eating so yeah i'd say it just be 100 percent be aware yeah and if you become so kind of obsessed with one thing over another then the likelihood is if you, if you become super super obsessed over diet then the likelihood is your exercise is going to take a bit of a knock and, and vice versa you know even basic science you know once we exercise more we get more hungry and therefore we might eat foods that we wouldn't necessarily suggest that people would eat day to day. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, we are very, very, very active. Therefore we might, so in the nicest way possible, we can kind of get away with eating what we want, which isn't a great way to look at it because obviously quality of fuel is so important as well. But if you're looking at basic science, if you're looking at calories in, calories out, we are very, very active. We run a relative amount. Therefore we are constantly sort of almost always trying to top up our, our fuel sources. If you are looking at fat loss, then it's a totally different ball game. The calories in, calories out is very important, and to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. That is in the yeah. basic kind of science. But this, and, you also and this need is to be where, not stressed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so this, that's what I was about to say. There's so much Hydrated. more to this like eighty twenty thing. Like, what about sleep? What about yeah. hydration? What about all of these other things that will massively contribute to your weight loss goal? that you really need to be aware of. I think it's also how you feel towards that 20%. A lot of people feel it, a lot of guilt and a lot yeah. of resentment, yeah. like, even though they think they can do it, and then that's just as bad. Like, have it, enjoy yeah. it, love it, yeah. move on, yeah. like, not be like, oh, it's my binge day. Like, also, if you don't want it, then don't. Like, eat, yeah. eat 100% healthy if you're all right, Nutter. Yeah. Like, go for it. Who says you have to have a cheat we don't do cheat days. We have I have a bit of chocolate every day. <laughs> like, yeah. but it's better to, to have it as part of your diet and have one day where you then feel lethargic and sick and absolutely bombard your body with horrendous amount of food and poor quality. That's just going to put it into shock. You gain cortisol up, stress yeah. levels, store fat. <laughs> Another thing I'd say is also like recognize recognize your treats and yeah. not that you're a dog and you deserve a treat, but <laughs> we really know what we like in terms of like if we're going to have something naughty is a horrible Brownie. word, but you know we know what we have. Like we love the blue lint chocolate bars with the hazelnut oh, in between. Yeah. Oh, so so if we pass good. a chocolate salesman, the likelihood is we're going to get one. Not because we feel like we should, because we feel like we should treat ourselves, but because we like them and we recognize that's something we're going to enjoy. And so then maybe we won't have a massive bottle of ice cream vector or something like that. And so you're just thinking about the ways that you can best nurture your body without putting restrictions at every corner. Yeah. Do you tend to train in the morning before or after breakfast? We're like a really early get up, get your training done, then have your breakfast. Yeah. My main thing is because I am always. So if I get up and don't train first of all I and we get up early I then want breakfast straight away which on me and I have breakfast like half five six which then like 8am rolls around and you like want another breakfast. I want another breakfast <laughs> <laughs> so if I get up train and then by the time you shower yeah. you have breakfast like 7.30 or whatever yeah. and it just then meals your, your meal spacing is a bit better if you like wake up like don't get obsessed with training fasted we kind of do it by accident yeah because I don't think of it as fasted no we train and we obviously always have a good meal the night before and we tend to eat dinner quite late because of our kind of work schedules we don't tend to have dinner half past eight which again isn't ideal and not something that we really suggest people do but it's just the way that our kind of lifestyle works so we tend to have dinner quite late but if we wake up hungry then we'll grab something we'll have like a piece of fruit or break off a piece of tiffin or like oh, you know, oat cakes as well yeah the, um fruit and seed yeah or, or the chocolate 
ones. Yeah. The little really nans. Nans oat cakes. Mm. They're so good. So we will have something. We don't like make a point of training fast. It just kind of happens back. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And um, back to running. Do you use any audio incentives like music, podcasts, or audiobooks to keep you to power you through a run? I was always a, a silent runner. Really? Okay. Yeah. Until I met Hannah, and then she started running with music. And then I just found it awkward to run next to her with no music. Yeah. <laughs> so I started then. I used to listen to the radio, actually. Yeah. So I had an old iPhone, um, iPod. Uh, so I used to listen to Innuendo Bingo. It was really funny. And then I just started listening to music more because you, you have. We listened to the Independent Ladies playlist. Oh, so yes. That's a good one. Very sassy. Ladies. And yeah. so, you know, there's nothing better than... And I think it, it does make a difference because the... Well, obviously, I was always ill, but the, I didn't have music for that Paris half marathon. Yeah. I did struggle and then... As I was struggling, I told Hannah to crack on because we were on for a really good time, but I just couldn't, my lungs just were not there. And then when you left, then I had complete silence because you had yeah. to see your singing yeah. sometimes. And I was like, wow, like this is really, and because everyone else has headphones yeah. in, so you do feel yeah. really alone, even though everyone's around you because no one's listening. It's very strange. But even like um, sort of on the opposite end of the scale there is that London Marathon, we poured a lot of water on our head almost at every kind of mile <laughs> point. And so when someone handed me Lucasade, I just went into autopilot and poured it all over my head, uh, which isn't isn't a great recipe for headphones. Um, so mine died, uh, and actually have come back to life, but they they died about mile fourteen, and that was my biggest fear in that my headphones would die. And and I think because I I find it easier to run music, I find it distracts me. You don't overthink things. You don't think so much about how your body's feeling. You just kind of sing and get on with it. And I was dreading sort of the next how many miles I had, 12 miles, without music. But actually, it was fine. And because London Marathon is such an incredible atmosphere... There was a lot of music on the there's course. There's a lot of people. I didn't even notice I didn't have music. And, and actually, you know, it really wasn't a big deal. But when you're running a quieter race or, or even out running by yourself, it is, I think it is nice to have that music. See, I actually, if I'm on my own, I quite like to have no music. And mm. if there's no other people, then I actually really enjoy it. So if I go for, like, an early morning weekend run on the towpath, I love just silence yeah. I think I find it weird when everyone around you listening to music and you're not that's yeah. when it seems really strange yeah. <laughs> do you um, think about anything during running or do you use this as like a meditation zoned out when I run yeah it depends sometimes it depends I'm like why are those miles gone how did I get <laughs> yeah. here did I cross a road yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it totally depends as I said sometimes if I'm super stressed and work or whatever then I I run and quite often then I will run without music because I feel that's headspace. what my body needs. I need headspace. And like I said, I just kind of zone out and I'm suddenly back home. How does that happen? <laughs> but other times, you know, if you've got a lot on your mind or if you almost have many meetings sometimes when we run yeah. and we come up okay. with ideas and, and I think because your brain's stimulated and excited and endorphins are going that suddenly you've got all of these things going you've on. You've actually been sharing earphones. We've got the like, yeah. pod. So I wear one and then Hannah wears the opposite one. So yeah. our ears are closer don't have anything in so yeah. you can still talk we'll listen to the same and music. then you're listening to the that's same cool. music so it helps with the stride and, yeah. and everything as well Yeah, and that's actually been really nice yeah it has yeah, that's really, really cool <laughs> and would you say you're more marathoners or sprinters do you prefer the short I'm like half marathon and under if you can say I, I enjoy for, but like as if to what I'm better at sort of stuff. I don't know I, I, I like longer yeah, yeah. I like longer, yeah. More pace runs. Um, I think also because I'm probably not very quick, but I can drag it out for quite a long time. Yeah. So I enjoy that. I enjoy marathon distance, definitely. Yeah. And it gives you a sense of achievement knowing that you've done it for so long and you've completed a Yeah, long. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's so far from what I used to do and something that maybe I associated with, with not that fun. So this is just totally kind of still relatively new and, mm. and enjoying it. But I do really like half marathon as a distance. That is one that... 
I feel like I can almost enjoy the whole race. Yeah. Rather than, I don't care what anyone says. horrible. There is bits that you don't enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, to sum up, um, why would you say running is a gloriously good activity for anyone? It's just, it, go out running and you will see for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> also, gloriously good to one person is, is gloriously bad to another. Yeah. For us, running is gloriously good because it makes us feel good. We enjoy it. It's our passion. It's what we put our brand on. It almost makes me happier now than it ever has because I'm so proud of what it's brought to Twice the Health and what it's bringing to so many other people because of Twice the Health. So I guess that's where it becomes grossly good for me. It makes me proud of what we've done. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for today. It's been lovely. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much.